1: Today, I have with me a close friend of my daughter's, Angela Malin. She is a wife and the mother of four children. And it's those four children that hold the story of her life. So, Angela, welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And why don't you start by telling us
0: about your children? Well... It's interesting. It's almost as though we have two different families. We have an 18-year-old daughter, a 15-year-old son, and then we have an eight-year gap where we couldn't have any children. Decided that we were clearly too old to have children again and got rid of everything. And three weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. So, so then we have our second set. Everyone thinks they come from two different households, but they're all the same parents. So we have then a seven-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. So it's fun. And they're almost exactly the same ages apart. And I have a girl, a boy, a girl, and a boy. And so we kind of got a redo in life, parenting and how we wanted to Raise children because we are raising identical children just eight years apart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, and and I know that for you, your children are, your family, your your husband too, are the center of your life in your career. Would that be a hundred percent?
0: I have always just wanted to be a mom. I could never decide what I wanted. And I say, just be a mom, but that was my focus in my life. I wanted to be a mom. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to college and just, I could major, I could probably finish a degree in anything in two years because I changed my degrees. I'd start something and it wasn't what I wanted. And I, I literally just wanted to be a mom. And so I've lived my life as um, different directions as I could go. It's, I've, For 10 years, I worked um, with a company and got the opportunity to work from home for seven or eight of those years, and that was a blessing because I got to be home with my kids. They even let me bring the kids to work for a while until we arranged that I could be home. Um, And then when that was over, I did some virtual assisting from home, and that gave me the opportunity to be home. And then when my husband got a job and we moved to Louisiana... Um, I had the opportunity to stay home full time, and it was wonderful. And we're kind of in a transition right now um, with job shifting and stuff that I work on Saturdays only. Um, so it's been a different. We're, we're kind of resetting and refiguring out. but my goal is again to just get to be mom. That's my, my passion is being there with my kids.
1: And I know that other than having you know the gap, having like two separate families, and, and I, I love that, I love that. Just when you think, oh, we're through, we don't need any more, yeah. no more crib. No, we don't need any of this yeah. baby equipment, we're done. And then three weeks later.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we had gone through that at different periods in those eight years and kind of felt like, all right, well, we can be done. We never got rid of things and I never was as content and thought, i really, am done. We're too old for this. Our kids are older. What would we do with a baby when I finally was at peace in my heart? A hundred percent that I am, I'm done. Um, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Isn't that interesting?
0: It is. You it know, just, talking about mindset. You, learn that lesson, it, you uh, you've learned a new lesson.
1: Uh, <laughs> relax and let go and let what happened. That's going to happen. And, so that is a challenge, just having that, like raising a family twice. Yes. Um, I understand you also have some unique challenges with your, your four children as well. Is we that- do.
0: We do. So um, my older one has just started college. My 15-year-old is working on trying to figure out what his passion is in life and what he's interested in. My seven-year-old is turning into a teenager, and my four-year-old has been diagnosed with cancer since he was seven months old. And so it's been, they each have their own things that they're going through or figuring out in life, and there were moments where everything revolved around this. He was, from the time he was seven months to, to almost three, he was doing chemo full time. And at the time we lived in Louisiana, but we were um, doing chemo at Texas Children's in Houston. So it was a three hour drive each way. Um, best hospital for him to be at. We were so blessed to be so close and have top neurosurgeons in the country to help us. So the three hours doesn't, isn't nearly as bad as it sounds, but when you have a kid that's just had chemo and you're driving back and forth and it's a day long process once a week, It's a it's a bit exhausting. So it controlled our family. It controlled our family for a solid two years. And what our family could do, we had to be isolated from other things that were going on. The kids couldn't be around friends at certain times if his counts were too low. And so it has been an interesting, I know it shaped my other children in and changed the things that they would have done in their lives, but it has been we've seen so many miracles from it that it, it's been very interesting journey that we would have never chosen for ourselves, but we've been very blessed in the process
1: I'm sure and and I think sometimes when uh, especially teenagers have a younger sibling with a health challenge, yeah you know, it can really deepen their their compassion their ability to feel and and care
0: it can it's very hard it's a very big balancing act because you have as an older child you always tend to be a little jealous of the younger ones and the attention that they get and then you throw in ones with certain special needs on top of it it was a very hard balance as a parent but i've been very blessed with very compassionate children that you know chemo would happen it was consistently on fridays is when we were scheduled so we would spend the whole day in houston come home nine or ten o'clock at night and expect him to throw up for the next 12 hours, every five minutes. So the family would camp out in the family room together because it was so volatile that the person that was holding him would have to then change while someone else cleaned up, while someone else took him and cleaned him up. And it was a family, it was a family effort and that was our life for a good solid, Year until we found out about Sofran, and then, (laughs) and then that changed the dynamic of that miracle drug that we found out about. But that, I mean, that just shows the level of commitment and compassion that they had for their little brother, and to go through that and give up the things they would do with friends, or, um, you know, we just we couldn't have people over at our home because they could bring in germs. We really we would go to church separately as a family if if it was an okay thing to send the family out we would take turns staying home and it was just a it was a really interesting dynamic that we never thought our family would be part of until you're part of that
1: now you mentioned that the balancing act so what i'm what this is what this brings to my mind is that on the one hand, you're making sure those older children know that they are loved and they're appreciated and they're important to you. And yet also helping them understand that right now, the youngest one is the one that's going to need the attention and the extra cares. Is that what you mean by the balancing? Yes,
0: 100%. Because our, our life rotated around doctor's appointments are, are the people you're going to be around healthy enough for you to be around? Um, Do I need your help? Because it's not something that one person can take care of a small, a small child with, it's hard to take care of an adult that's going through that a child who can't communicate, you know, people would tell me all the time, oh, you're so lucky, he'll never remember this. And I thought, you know, there is no luck when it comes to cancer, there is just none. Because even if, he doesn't remember it. We all do. And it affects him. I can tell you to this day, he knows things and he doesn't know why he knows things. Um, but, you know, he said the other day we were having a conversation and he said, Mom, he was looking at a picture of him when he was little and he said, did I have cancer when I was born? And I said, you know, buddy, you did, but we didn't realize it yet. And he goes, I don't, I don't love cancer. And I said, I don't love cancer either. So he, he knows and he understands. Enough of what's going on and what has brought him this far that he knows it's not a fun thing, whether he remembers every detail yeah. or not, it's, it's hard on them. And when they can't communicate what's wrong with them, how they're feeling, they just know they don't feel good. It's, it is hard on an entire family. And so oh, yeah, to, to have them know that you love all of them, but you're I mean, two years is a long time to have your focus as a family beyond one person so much misproportionate is hard. It is a hard act. And I'm sure there are times I have failed and that there are times where I was like, "Okay, I I did that right and I wasn't a complete mess.
1: (laughs) You know, and I think every parent can relate to that. You have some days when you feel like, "Okay, I'm on top of this. And then there are those (laughs) other days where you're thinking, What made me think I could do this?
0: (laughs) Yes, 100%. So that has been, it's been an interesting journey for our family, that's for sure. So
1: Well, and it sounds to me like what is getting you through it is just that positive outlook, that faith and trust that it's going to work out. It sounds like you feel like you got some good medical care for your son.
0: We, you know, as you look back on your life, we all do it. And we're like, we were led to where we were at the time that we needed to be there. Um, we love Louisiana. We, we have always wanted to be in the South and it was the best opportunity for us. But to have, be that close to that medical care and have that timing that we needed to, to have those doctors that we specifically needed. He had to have uh, surgery on his spinal cord. That's a pretty intense surgery and you need the best of the best for that. And so the fact that our family was led there to be close to that, we couldn't have been surrounded by a better group of people to love and care for us in ways that I didn't even realize that we needed. Um, That really was what got us through. And I had my moments where I fell apart and I was a mess, but I was so, I had to really pull back and look at the good because you can either laugh all the time or you can cry all the time. Uh-huh. And it's just I would much rather laugh all the time. Although it seems like I'm like a <laughs> mess anymore. I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, I'd really like as I grow up to have my body say, Oh, that's a really great feeling. I don't have to cry about it. I want my body to say, I can just smile and laugh and, and feel things that are good without crying. I get so emotional and turn into a blubbering mess that i don't know if that'll ever change but we really have tried we've been so blessed that if we don't focus on that good that has come out of the negative you it's so easy to get wrapped up in all the negative that is just life a lot of times we all go through so many hard things it's just different for each of us
1: that's true that's true and you are so wise to be able to understand that oh. that You know, other yeah, I don't think there's a person living who doesn't have challenges, obstacles to face, and just accepting this is part of life, and again, I can focus on the negative or I can choose the positive. And you made a very wise choice to be able to do that and support your your youngest son. How how is his cancer now? Is he still under treatment?
0: He is, you know, one of the miracles of this is we were told at the beginning that he would not, that best case scenario is the tumor did not grow. And um, we are four years out now and he has actually had the tumor shrink to the point they have let him be off chemo, that there are just fragments of the tumor left and they watch him very, very closely. We go in for MRIs every three months. So they are right on top of any changes that he has. And so that has been a nice blessing to let him just be a kid and not be confined all the time and out of contact with people and being shoved with meds all the time. Like it's just such a nice thing for him. So we're coming up on two years since his last chemo and they just watch him and kind of see if it'll just stabilize enough that he can kind of live life and and see what happens from here. So he's able to go out and play and he have is. friends come over. He is. And he loves it. He loves other kids. He just, at first it was very hard for him because he's not used to chaos. We're, even though we have four kids, having two older ones. Is oh yeah. Very chill. And very like, there's different. a lot of crazy ramp rumping going on and wrestling. Like it's just pretty calm. And so to be around kids for the first time and, and go to, you know, the nursery class at church or something was um, a little terrifying and took a while. he used to. But now he really just loves being with kids. He does have some deficiencies from this tumor that pressed on his spinal cord. The reason we knew he had cancer. Um, and I started getting trying to find a diagnosis was he literally was paralyzed. His arms were paralyzed. He had no muscle tone and just kind of one day went from a normal kid to couldn't open his hands and almost looked like he had cerebral palsy. Oh, that would be alarming. It was alarming. It was, You know, some people would be like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. And it's just like, "Yeah, yeah. Uh-uh, <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> don't, don't you think mo- mothers have
1: that, that intuition, that inspiration, that God given uh-huh. right to know. And doctors are wise if they will listen to the mom. The mom says, no, this
0: isn't right. A hundred percent. And we had gone through this. I had had cancer previously. It's been 12 years since I had cancer. And I had gone to doctors and been told that I was fine. And I knew I wasn't. And I would tell them, I would hit my stomach and be like, you can feel a tumor. I look pregnant. I'm not pregnant. That something is wrong. And when I found a doctor that would listen to me, then we found out I had an eight pound tumor. So and I had ovarian cancer. And so we had been through this before. And I just knew this kid needed somebody who would help him. And we were so blessed because our doctor that we had said, I want to send you right to Houston. And we got to meet with a neurologist. And it took her a few months to get him diagnosed. But the wonderful thing about her was, and I just encourage people to find a doctor that will listen to you because it is life-saving. Yes. Um, They have to listen. Even if it's something simple, if a doctor does not want to listen to you and kind of talks over you and tells you, you don't know your own body, then we, we, we jump, we cut ship, (laughs) jump ship. Wrong doctor. Yes. And this one was amazing. She, she would talk us through it, say, you know, here's some things that I want to try. What do you think? And the final thing was we had gone for a certain test and genetic testing to see if there was a genetic condition. And out of the blue, she said, you know, I just have a feeling we need to do an MRI. And she goes, I don't have any background to tell you why and why, because next step is typically these genetic tests, but would you give me permission to let's do this? Because I have a feeling. And when a doctor will trust their instincts and their feelings, I'm in. Uh And yep. It may be right or wrong, but that MRI we went in um, they came right out she actually came back to the hospital to give us the news because she wanted to hear it us to hear it from her and um, she was wonderful they admitted him right then and there, and we were in the hospital for several weeks um, three hours away, my husband and kids had to go back home and we had one vehicle because we weren 't planning on spending the night and that 's how our whirlwind life of change started, but I'm a hundred percent. I get, I digress on this whole, but doctors, if they, if you can be listened to and heard, then you've got a good doctor. Yeah. So we were very, very blessed.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Now I understand you're also very heavily involved in educating your children.
0: We are. We homeschool that, is not something that I ever expected to do, <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> My oldest daughter was actually in seventh grade before I even entertained it. My son had been asking the previous year, he had been begging to be homeschooled. And I said, I'm going to ruin you. I'm not doing it. No, that we just, no, we had thought of all that Yeah, wasn't what you wanted. That you're like, yeah, you'll ruin the kids. You need to trust a professional to do it. Um, so we, I just told him no, and I made him stick it out through that year, um, but we watched him digress a lot, and his personality changed, he started stuttering, he couldn't do anything in class without asking the teacher's uh, permission to do the simplest things, which I'm sure was so frustrating for her, to, and with that many kids, to have this kid that couldn't do anything without, and he was an accelerated class. And so to not be able to do anything without the teacher giving you the okay, because you're so unsure of yourself, looking back, I wish I had listened to my son and his needs then. Um, they were not, a, what I don't know what happened, but it was not a good fit for him that year. Mm. And so I wish I had listened, but I I kind of played around with it. I was doing some substitute teaching at the school. And so I was there a lot. And I just was trying to teach my kids, you know, things don't, you don't always get paired with the teacher that connects with you. You don't, he had been very blessed to have teachers that were really loved on him, you know, really doted on him. And this was a different relationship. And so I just kept thinking, he needs to learn how to deal with different personalities and um, get through things in life. Not everything's going to be handed to us simply, and we're not going to connect with everyone the way we want to. Uh, but looking back, I wish I had listened to my child and what he needed and not pushed him through it. But I think at the same time, if we hadn't, I wouldn't have gotten to the point where I thought I could do that. If I had just pulled him out and then winged it and didn't really sit on it, I don't think I would have been as committed and it would have worked for us. So you know, you look back and wish you'd made different choices, but then you wonder if you should have, like if it would have worked out. Quite often it
1: works out the way it's supposed to, it, it, yeah. Yeah. So did he, did they know
0: other children who were being homeschooled? How, what made them? They knew one family and that was it. Um, I don't know, I honestly don't even know where that came from in his head. Um, mm-hmm. What brought that into his thinking? Because we never talked, Literally, homeschooling was not something I ever planned on doing, wanted to do, thought I could do. I just, that was never a plan and never had we talked about it. So I started looking a little bit into it when I saw just the difference in my child in the classroom because I was always at the school. I thought I knew what was going on with him. But yes. once I sat in that classroom once with, with him and saw him in the classroom setting, I I realized the change that had happened. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about it over the summer. And then my daughter started junior high the next year. And she had a situation where she was put into the wrong classes. She's very accelerated, has the drive that beyond what anyone else of us in our family does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so she ended up getting put in a remedial class with kids that uh, were nonverbal I mean it was an extreme difference from where she should have been and she we we talked and we got it worked out and they said oh we we've got it fixed we've got it fixed the next day she was putting in her class but it was basically a step up and she was putting an honors class and they said that well we just put an h next to her name on her on her report card and that makes her in an honors class even though it wasn't it was just with the same kids she would have been Uh in anyway. uh So that was the moment I thought, no, I can do better than this, I can do better than this. (laughs) And so we had had such a great school experience up until that point and we've had so many great educators that this isn't a, a knock on school, it's just the situation and what the school had evolved into had changed for us and it wasn't what we were looking to get out of the school. And so for my kids, these two older ones, it was something where we needed to adjust and decide what to do. And that's when I spent hours and hours pouring my heart into homeschooling and can we do this? And how do we do this? And it was a lot. And because you second guess, do I have the right curriculum? Is this the best of the very best? Is this the best for my kid? And Mm -hmm. it was a lot. It was a lot.
1: It's a lot of yeah. I I can relate. I I homeschooled my children too back in the eighties. Oh, before I
0: can't hold a candle to what you did because I at (laughs) least I can anything we can't figure out I just Google it and we find a video. Somebody's done a video. I say all the time these moms who homeschooled before this happened. I I I could not have done that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of resources available now, and I agree with you. This is no. Put down to schools. I, I, I was a public school teacher for you know 24 years. Um, after that period of time, when I homeschooled, it's just that idea that as a mother, as a parent, you know what your child needs. You're more yeah. sensitive, and you again, you said you were in the school observing him, and you could see the effect. And and not placing blame or anything, you just no. knew this isn't working. Let's find something that does work.
0: Yes. Cause they were amazing teachers. They were amazing. It just was not a fit for my child. Yeah. yeah. That time. And it had gone to the point And the next year they actually did. I went to the school and I said, here's what I'm concerned with. I need him to be with somebody who's a little different and can, um, see that he, this is where he's struggling and kind of help with that and not necessarily coddle him, but not kill his spirit to learn in the in this transition of this new kid that that I was putting into the school system because he wasn't the same kid I had put in the year before so yeah where we weren't sure what he was going through and they put him with this wonderful teacher he did an amazing job with him um but we had looked at it with the situation with my daughter and then and he they went to school for oh I want to say maybe a month or so with these with this situation with her in the new junior high and then him with this new teacher and he loved it. But when I talked to my daughter about the possibility of homeschooling, he said, you know, I want to do it too. And we knew we'd be moving and we thought, you know, this might be a great thing for us to try and then put it. And we always reevaluate every year. Mm -hmm. Is this still working for us? Do we need to put certain kids back in the school system? Do we, Are we all wanting to stay out and we reevaluate because every year is going to be different and our homeschool looks completely different now, seven years later than it did when we started. And I I finally, I wish, and people had told me this and I didn't believe it. It's like racing kids and they say, oh, they'll grow up before your eyes. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get it that I, my philosophy now for homeschooling is to teach them to love, to learn. And nothing will be without their reach because they just have to love to learn. It doesn't matter that they learn X, Y, Z. It matters that they know how to learn and and go from there and take it all in. And, and, and there's I a,
1: really, yeah. oh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, there is a whole movement called student-directed learning. And mm-hmm. there are private schools. There's one in Massachusetts, the Sudbury and the, and it's all based on if a child is given that support and that latitude to find and pursue their passions, you know, and they've been tracking, they've been open since, oh, for more than 30 years, and they've been tracking the success rates of their students, and statistically, their graduates are more likely to excel in Ivy League, Ivy League schools. They're more likely to be entrepreneurs, and you know, just creative and they don't put limits on themselves.
0: Yeah. That was that was part of the reason that we did go ahead and pull out. I watched as we were the way the education system is is has changed. I felt, and this is my feelings, yes. are that there was this overreaching idea that these are the test scores and studying for tests was more important. And it was limiting these amazing teachers that we had and saying, oh, nope, yeah, you teach within this box and this is the box that I'm giving you. And I want this to be what we learn. And I just thought, Oh my goodness, they could be learning so many things beyond testing and what's yes. going to be on the test. But the, you know, everybody's hands are tied because you've got to meet the system and meet this criteria. So your school can rank high enough. And I just thought we're missing, yeah. we're missing something which is expanded learning beyond this test that, that is so important and these schools are being told that they have to score high on, or they lose their rating in this rating system and funding. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can't blame them. They have to, they have to to teach the children, but I just thought, okay, yeah, I can, we can go above, above this and our family is somewhere in the middle. You know, we started out very strict and like, this is curriculum based and, we're following all these curriculums this specific way. Um, you know, there's the unschooling movement where you don't use a curriculum. You kind of wing it as you go. And we're kind of in between somewhere. There's things where I I like to have a math curriculum, so I make sure I hit some fundamental points that I don't miss a step. Yeah. Um, but there's other things that we learn on a much more organic level. and. Yeah more hands-on and and life experience and so it's been really fun but every year is very different and every child is very different how they're learning and
1: so and i see that as a major benefit of homeschool is it's that fluid that adaptable yes can it can grow with your child
0: yes our homeschooling journey has ebbed and flowed through this here's what I think we want to do. And then no, that doesn't work. And we kind of do a course correction. And, but we love that, the flexibility of getting to learn. We took our kids. We went to for my daughter's senior, we did a senior trip instead of a graduation or a party. And we went to uh, Washington DC and Philadelphia and New York city for about a week and a half. And I'm telling you, those kids know more history and more about Life in those that week and a half, then I probably taught them in that whole year and a half. Oh, yeah, that whole year leading up to it. And it wasn't because we didn't learn and we didn't read things, but to see it and do it and touch it and experience be there different, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and just simple things, you know, you if you think about it, just making cookies from scratch, there's a lot of math, you know, especially if you have to double the recipe, and
0: yeah. math in fact we just did that a couple weeks ago yeah it was fun but it was fun because we could do that and I you know we're so blessed well first it was funny because homeschooling wasn't a journey that we ever thought we would be on and then when we moved to Louisiana my son had cancer if he uh-huh. hasn't been in homeschooling I honestly don't know how families do it that are dealing with school schedules and yeah it's a it, it's not just the cancer kid that's dealing with that. I mean, it's the whole family that it changes oh, yeah. the dynamic. And so I thought, you know, it's really interesting how the timing works out for these things. And we went, the homeschooling made it very possible. Everyone brought their school stuff with him. He was clearly too little to worry about school. So he uh-huh. just got to lay there and be uh, taken care of. <laughs> but everyone else brought their school stuff with him. The amount of learning that they got in the hospital every single week and learned about other people and where they come from and what they're going through. And mm-hmm. I, it was just a, something I wouldn't have wanted them to miss out on. And it was only because we homeschooled that we had that opportunity. And it was just one thing in our life that wasn't planned. Mm-hmm. like having two sets of kids, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it has been such a huge blessing in our lives. And I use the word blessing a lot because it we really have been these are not choices we would make for ourselves. And yes. thank goodness they happen anyway.
1: Yes. And yet you can see how it has enriched your life. A challenge. You may not want to go through
0: it again. No. You can see. <laughs> wouldn't I wish it, would... it on anyone. No. <laughs> no. 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 If I could take it away from him and go through it, I would. But I, he's he's such an amazing kid. And he has so many people that love him. I wouldn't want him to miss out on on that experience and
1: oh yeah oh yeah so your oldest daughter is she considering
0: college or she's starting to she is that's also been an interesting journey (laughs) she has been extremely driven um she definitely had her picks of school she got a 35 out of 36 on her act wow she you know if there's any test you're going to study for let me just tell you let it be your act or sat So that one's worth studying for. So she had her picks of colleges. She actually had one picked out that was the one that she wanted to go to for the longest time. And two weeks before she was supposed to go to that school that she has been dreaming of her whole life, uh, her boss made her an offer she couldn't refuse. And she's now changed her major, changed what school she goes to. So she's in school, but she's being more mentored by a boss and Uh changed into a business field. And so it's been interesting journey. Yeah. Yeah. So she's in college already and she loves it.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, the twists and turns in life, you just, you know, take it as it comes. You really do.
0: And we've just kind of learned to give ourselves to it because it's such a better journey if we don't have control of everything, even though in the moment it seems very stressful and very um, out of control. Uh, it's interesting to watch when it feels like everything's falling apart, it's really just falling into place. I and love that, yeah. to kind of let things fall into place and not try and over control everything. Okay,
1: I love that. Just let things fall into place. Yeah. And yeah. when you give up control, it just goes better, doesn't it? It does. It does. We don't
0: know what we need. <laughs> <laughs> we just—we were just saying as a family the other day. We're so grateful that our our choices have not been always the choices that have happened. <laughs>
1: uh huh. We would have yeah. missed out on a lot of things. What, what is that saying? Be careful what you pray for. You just might get it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. You know, even when my son had cancer, we would pray, and I'd say, you know, I I just don't know what to pray for because um I really I want him all better. I want yeah. him all better, but I don't want to change his place in life. And so, as a mom, I know this sounds kind of strange, but I was just trying to figure out what would be best for him. There was a point yes. where he was so sick that we were talking about this has to stop he just he was 13 pounds and over a year old and just sick as just a little sack of bones the kid had no muscle tone he was and he would just throw up and he'd get just over just over being sick in time for his next round of chemo and there's just a point where you sit and like I can't torture this kid anymore this isn't this isn't a life for him and yeah. I would you know as a mom we wish our kids could be with us forever but we don't want them to be in a situation that isn't good for them suffering yeah it was very he was suffering so much and so just as we were getting ready to have that conversation with the doctor we had an amazing nutritionist that said you know we really let's let's try a few other options and they ended up putting in a g-tube which helped because then he could be fed and it wouldn't and, and, you know, we found Zofran and <laughs> this well, new is, drug that I will need well, to buy stock in one day. <laughs> say, the, say the name of that drug again. Zofran. Zofran. So it's, it's an anti-nausea drug. Um, it's used for other things, but it also, it's huge at helping control nausea for these children. And for some reason it had not been, this poor kid had been put on morphine and um, oh, I can't even remember the other one that was... Supposed to kind of help olorazepam to uh-huh. kind of help, um, but it just didn't. He was so sick until one day he got the flu, and they gave a sofran. And I asked his doctor, I said, "Could we try this when he's after chemo?" and He's like, "Well, I guess we could." And that kid was a different kid. Oh, uh- <laughs> you know, if you're you're getting no nutrition, and then on top of no nutrition, on top of no nutrition, and every time you start getting nutrition, you're throwing back up again you're just wasting away and so it really was a miracle for us to get him put on that and have doctors and nutritionists that were trying to help and once we changed course that second year of chemo was much different but we I just didn't know as a mom you know how much do you pray to keep that kid there yeah you know he's gonna get better but it's gonna take him 10 years because we were told at the beginning of this and sorry, I start talking fast. Um, at the beginning of this, we were told that this could be a lifelong thing that he's just put on chemo for the rest of his life um, because oh, wow. we're just trying to keep this tumor from growing. huh. And so, you know, how, how much do I, I pray for this little kid to stay here and, and be stuck like this or, you yeah. know he healed, but that's in 30 years after he's been miserable for 30 years. And so it was, it was an interesting experience in my life to try and figure out what I was comfortable with. And exactly and, what you wanted to pray for. Exactly. Wow. So I, just, I don't even still have an answer for it. <laughs> I just, you know, it well, was so different.
1: Other than the comments you made earlier that, you're willing to trust except that maybe you don't know (laughs) what's best and able to trust and have faith that your higher source does you know yeah last my kids
0: i don't know what's best (laughs) 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 The little ones still are under this delusion that mom knows best (laughs) yeah um, yeah, we've been very lucky. And the, the way the homeschooling played in and this medical situation, I just, our, our life couldn't have played out any better for the circumstances that we were dealing with.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Angela, it has been a delight to have this time to visit with you. You really are an amazing woman.
0: Oh, well, thank you. You That's very very kind of you. Very
1: (laughs) strong and just, and wise and delightful sense of humor. So if, if, if listeners want to reach out to you,
0: is the best way to do that through Facebook? It is. um, My name on Facebook is Angela goodwin Malin. And the f- middle name is Goodwin, the G-O-O-D-W-I-N. And the last name is Maylin, M-A-Y-L-I-N. And they always get misspelled weird, but that's that's where they can find me. And I have been so blessed with a great support system. And that's really what gets us through everything we do is to know we're not alone and that other people go through the same things that we do. So
1: all right all right well i know they can find some very positive and encouraging posts on your page no <laughs> so, and, and, I'll, and i'll have a link to that your facebook page on my okay. website but for people listening
0: i'm glad you let them know and yeah well i appreciate it this has been a lot of fun to get to visit with you i sure love your daughter and oh she's amazing personality comes from <laughs> All right. Well, she
1: was one of those children that I homeschooled. Now she was very outgoing. So I actually her older, some of her older brothers, you know, we homeschooled till they were like ninth grade, but by fourth grade, I could tell she she,
0: she was, was not she <laughs> was anxious. I I have one. I'm wondering what's gonna happen with my seven year old because she she is everyone is her friend. And yeah. it's wonderful. But if anyone's going to get kidnapped, it's her because she will. She loves so everybody. <laughs> yes. And so I, it'll be interesting to see. She went through a little phase at the beginning of this year saying she wanted to get homeschooled or go to quit being homeschooled and go to public school. Uh-huh. And so I finally get kind of like, okay, well, I think that you really do. Last year it was, I want lunch and recess. So We were like, well, that's not all of school. So you need to make sure when you're in, you're in. And uh, so she convinced me. And then the next day she goes, nah, never mind.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and we had one boy that went one year and then said, can I come back to homeschool? So and I I love the way you're taking it one child at a time, individual and constantly assessing. And yeah, that's the way to do it.
0: You know, as parents, that's all we're doing is testing, you know, as a young mom, I was a completely different person. And as an older mom, I compl- I told my older kids, I said, don't worry, I'm just screwing them up in a different way. The little ones will have their own issues because I'm a different mom. And, and <laughs> just, look how amazing you turned out. So, <laughs> you <don't> do that. <laughs> so, you know, we're just trying to figure it out. I told them I'm growing up as they are. I'm growing as a parent, just like they're growing up and... Yes, doing the best we can with what we know and what we don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, True words, lot, lot, lot of truth there, a lot of wisdom. Yeah, going well, as parents along with our children,
0: trying. We sure are trying. <laughs> yes. Well, Angela, you have a very great day. Thank you. You as well. It's been a pleasure getting to visit with you.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Bye
0: bye. Bye.